This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Today, we're joined by V. Hayes Takor, VP of Marketing, and Loic Bonvarlet, Senior Vice President, Product Marketing at Keegan. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, indeed. Um, we're getting, we're getting into some of the, you know, more nuanced technical side of track, track and trace. And as we know in cold chain, that's very important, um, because we need to know where products are and also the temperature that they maintain at. And you guys play a huge role in the knowing where things are at all times part. Um, before we get too far into that, let's get some background on you both and how you started at Keegan. B, why don't you start us off? Well, um, Keegan was really formed as a uh, incubation business unit um, in ARM, the semiconductor IP giant. Um, and that's where I came into the world of Keegan. I have been working um, with the IP and IoT services group at ARM for eight years. Um, and my inroads to Keegan were really with um, seeing the iSIM technology that Keegan has pioneered really provide solutions to cold chain visibility um, so it's an exciting new emergent technology. I am a, an aerospace engineer um, by background, and I've designed systems um, uh, and helped companies really take that technology to scale. And for the last 17 years, I've played a variety of roles in um, across marketing and product development um, that uh, help IoT take flight. I'm based in Cambridge in the UK. Over to you, Loic. So... I'm Ari. So yeah, I'm playing uh, I'm leading the the product and uh, marketing at Keegan since 2018. So I joined post the uh, acquisition of Simility, uh, which was the start of uh, Keegan as a business unit and then as an autonomous company within Uh And uh, I'm also an engineer, uh, telecom background, and spend most of my time working in cellular IoT. I would say, uh, notably in the cellular module space and helping you know. Uh, companies to create cellularly connected products. So yeah, great to be here. I'm so happy that you guys joined us today. And that's a great um, segue into kind of what we're talking about today. And that's that uh, that ISIM, the ISIM technology that you guys have. Um, I don't honestly know of anyone else that's doing anything like it. Um, but for those of us who aren't familiar with ISIM technology, do you mind breaking it down for us and kind of what it does for visibility tracking? Sure. So um we all might be familiar with a plastic SIM or a SIM that we've used in our smartphone. And that has two functionalities within a smartphone. One is really making sure that that has the connectivity that you rely on. And the second one is that is also the, um, the root of trust as 
us geeky people call it. But what that means, it's its trust anchor in which your biometrics or your financial transactions and others can be authorized. So we've taken the kind of tried and tested um, SIM technology and really brought it into the chipset itself, the, the silicon system on chips. So when you're, this allows companies that are taking this new technology to reduce the components they're working with. And it also means that it is a far more robust form of security. So it's temper proof. It's also something that drastically reduces the size. So now you can take that really tried and tested technology and bring it into something that is super compact, something that might be even kind of less than a, you know, two millimeters thick. Um, but you can then develop lots of different, um, components and, and, um, solutions with it of different sizes and different, um, you know, increasing complexity or, um, constraints. Maybe Loic, you can kind of, um, go a little bit more for the technical audience into how we develop it. Yeah, sure. So uh, effectively, if you look at uh, cellular IoT devices, typically it's made of, uh, for example, typically an antenna, a cellular module, and a SIM card originally, right? You had these three elements, you were packing them into a device, into a box, and making sure everything works together, right? So now what we are trying to do is to really combine the processor that runs the application, the cellular module that drives the communication, and the SIM card into one package, so it's more economical, more compact, as B was explaining. Uh, so to achieve that, there was first a requirement to make sure that you had the security baked in, right? So you have companies specialists into creating uh, what we would call secure IP, right, secure technology uh, that will host the secrets that you would put into a SIM card, okay? And uh, and then from on that basis, on that foundation, we run the software that Keegan delivers, right? So the SIMOS, uh, and that runs all the logic to be compliant to the, uh, the GSM specification, 3G, 4G, 5G specification, so that the device can communicate on this network and be authenticated. And then the next interesting step is, since now you have a safe into a device, right? You use it, it's mandatory for telecom, but you can use it for your application as well. So we'll talk more about that, I think, uh, later. But that gives the opportunity for companies to really think about how they can improve security into their application and their devices as well. I think that that's something that's really important, especially, um, you know, now as we're seeing a lot more um, you know, cyber threats and hacks. Um, I think anything you can do to add that extra layer of security is going to be incredibly important, especially moving forward to ensure that, you know, you do have a secure supply chain and that, you know, your vulnerabilities to other potential threats is uh, you're trying to limit it as much as possible because I know that it's, uh, I know that cyber crime is only going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. <laughs> At Keegan, we also, um, love being able to present the technology of security as also an enabler. So often security is seen as something that is, um, you know, uh, really something you do to protect against threats. Um, but with something like eSIM, which is essentially being able to provide the, the SIM functionality remotely, what we've also seen is that it 
then opens up new opportunities and applications and use cases that we haven't been able to see before. Um, and this all resulted really from the fact that um, IoT devices were seen as being tackling security at the very late stage, and that becomes then too expensive. But as Louis mentioned, getting that security really in the design itself opens a whole host of new things that can potentially be critical to business models. So one of the things that you guys do that I really like, um, specifically in regard to your iSIM technology, kind of the thing that you're known for is, um, I know we a lot of us think of, you know, the SIM cards that go in our phones, but um, you guys, uh, logistics companies have started adopting it. And, um, you know, they're not just sticking a phone inside a box. They're actually able to put this technology in like a shipping label. Um, can you guys tell us a little bit more about kind of how that works? And then also, you know, why everyone's like kind of clamoring to adopt it? Uh, yeah, so uh, effectively, uh, con well, shipping labels, right, is, uh, well, first the origin of that is before we are more tracking the container, right, tracking the reefer, tracking the truck, tracking the asset that was transporting multiple assets in depth, right, but that doesn't give you necessarily the granularity that people wanted. Uh, and And also before, economically, it was not possible to, you know, Bake uh, a phone and <laughs> stick it to the side of your package effectively, right? So it was just too expensive and not practical and, and so on, right? So, but with integrated SIM, you get to a form factor which allows a really, really compact design, right? And in the form of a, an actual shipping label in that case, and it's still connected. So it can be affixed to the, the side of the, of the box, right? And, uh, we did this work actually quite some time ago uh, with uh, with several partners, so namely Vodafone, Bayer, and Sensors. That was kind of the origin, the first product that was launched around the ICM value uh, proposition. Uh, uh, but really, the idea was to be able to track not only the location, but also some environmentals, uh, the temperature, the opening of the box, etc. Uh, and if you extend, and this was for crops uh, at the time, right? Uh, but if you extend that use case, right, typically a lot of assets that needs to be shipped needs to be shipped under certain condition of tracking, etc. And so if they are not met, you have to pay a specific premium of insurance and so on. So now the economics are making kind of sense to say for uh, a high value asset or an asset which is in relation to medical, uh, it might be actually cheaper to have such a shipping label with this technology rather than maybe paying for the, the failure during transport or the insurance associated to it, right? So that I think is opening new use cases and business cases for people who do the transport of multiple types of assets, but in medical, in crop, in, in, in many, many domains. Indeed, one of the examples that I think is is really worth mentioning is um, being able to look at the efficacy of, say, um, medical shipments, right? Um, sometimes the environmental factors that um, 
uh, a shipment has been exposed to during its transit um, becomes something that really can affect the end result or the outcome that is desired from them. Um, so as companies are looking at the the DS uh, the DSCSA uh, regulation uh, compliance, that's one of the big drivers for companies really looking at what other solutions are available, so they don't have to really invest in something that is a um, you know a, a more um, a higher value um, security technology, but really take advantage of ISIM. Um, and I think it's really, really interesting with what's happening around cold chain uh, visibility because we're starting to see you know, companies really trying to address the entire globe. And so that really calls for a lot of different connectivity solutions. But we were really into kind of bringing that choice and making um, security really, really simple. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So one of the things that people are kind of um, hearing a lot about is like, you know, eSIMs when you go to another country or you're traveling, um, you know, get a, get a little eSIM on your phone. But um, when it comes to logistics and tracking like across the globe, how do you guys kind of handle that since, you know, you can't really have someone sit there and go, oh, well, it's on a ship and now it's technically like it's in the Arctic Ocean, but how, not the Arctic Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. Um, um, I don't know that that many boats are going through the Arctic, but, um, <laughs> but it's like crossing the Atlantic. So obviously there's not really cell towers out there. So kind of how does it work on some of those longer distances like that? And then also, you know, if it's traveling through parts of Europe, um, where, you know, every couple hours it's in a new country, how do you guys kind of uh, handle those hurdles that come with it? Uh, so I think what, what you just mentioned with our consumer experience of eSIM, this is a really, really good um, point where um, as consumers, when we're traveling to another country, we can elect, we can choose the subscription, the connectivity we need. And this is the same in the kind of industrial and IoT world. So with eSIM, it changes that supply chain of SIMs and puts the OEM, the manufacturer or the company um, in the decision making of which subscription do they need. So that's where Keegan comes in because we work in partnership with a huge ecosystem of different providers of connectivity. And these might be known to companies uh, as either operators, MNOs, mobile network operators, or virtual network operators who don't operate the infrastructure but provide the connectivity by um, having just the, the subscription, the profile that helps you have the agreements of travel. And within um, this, I think the scenario that you, you mentioned, obviously shipments are going across oceans where there are no cell towers. And um, and, and so far, our cellular network has been really, um, you know, optimized for having uh, coverage across widely populated areas or densely populated areas. So that's where kind of we recognize this is a real challenge for um, 
cold chain uh, suppliers. And so one of the things that we've done is introduced NTN, which is non-terrestrial network. So it's basically satellite technology, satellite connectivity in a hybrid network with cellular technology so that we can offer a full globe coverage. And we do that with our partner, Skylo Technologies. Um, and we also understand that when, you know, it's it's also difficult for companies hopping from one market to another. So you're sending your shipments from one country to another that might operate with a different you know, operator that might have different local regulations. So we have looked at how do we ease that up? And sometimes it's easier to do that with virtual network operators. Um, but in other times, um, there are more specific measures that are needed. So for example, Turkey is a good example of one country that has very strict data and IP um, localization laws. So you cannot just take a device and roam, as we call it, so attached to a network um, and um, be not seen as a native device. And so there we need to kind of perform a transfer, if you will, uh, in a way that's compliant to the local law with the entities that are meant to do that in the country. And so we have um, pioneered some of these examples where um, if you are looking to reach a market which has very strict data and IP localization uh, regulations, then we can work with you because we bring such a big ecosystem. And uh, so you, you have also several other geographies like that, like maybe Brazil, or uh, who have specific uh, regulations, right, or requirements. And uh, it's to try to make the journey easier for people to integrate, right? They select, for example, cellular, MVA, IoT, MVNO specialists to really give them one global eSIM that works as in, in as many countries as possible. But we need to work with them on those hoops and those specific regulations so that from the end customer, it appears that seamless, right? And maybe to, to be the earlier point is uh, the, the example of the consumer phone, right? Is, is there, you have a person in charge with every device. With a fleet of autonomous devices sitting in a reefer or in a truck, right? You can't do that, right? So. Uh, there is an evolution currently on the next generation of SIM provisioning and SIM management that uh, Keegan is uh, actively contributing, even chairing the group that's working on that. And that's ready to introduce this context of fleet, right? I'm a fleet manager. I manage many devices all across the world, and I need to be able to push orders to all these devices so that the connectivity is uh, relatively seamless for the end users, which is the fleet manager typically. I kind of like that you guys make it look really easy. So that way, if I'm your customer, if I'm your end user, you know, I just say, okay, I need to ship this from Germany to Prague and then uh, something from Belgium to Turkey. And, oh, look, I know where it is the whole way. But in reality, there's so much work that has gone behind it that really kind of gives that a testament of like oh no like we want it to be super easy for you to use and we want it to be you know kind of intuitive but at the same time like it, it is quite an undertaking but you know that end user isn't the one that should have to sit there and like you know call up someone in turkey going like hi i would just like to not break the law coming into your country with a package <laughs> 
So I like that you guys have taken that kind of that, like the hard work out. You're like, well, not really taking it out, but taking it off the end user where you're like, no, we've got this. We know we already have it. Just, just ship it on. It'll be fine. Yeah, definitely our endeavor, I would say, to make things uh, like this as uh, simple as possible. Uh, but yeah, you're right that there's a lot of work in the background happening. And and it's kind of uh, moving things also, right? This stuff is changing quite significantly those days with a lot of geopolitics at work, right? So you need to really pay attention to these, uh, to these regulations. And yeah, we work with the connectivity partner to resolve them as best as possible. I feel like that has to be another level of, um, you know, benefit. Cause if I'm a fleet manager, I don't have to, like, I don't necessarily have time to sit there and, you know, figure out what SIMs are going to work in what country and what SIMs are going to work in another. If I just have this stack of 20 orders that, you know, I just need to know where they are so I can put them into the system. I, I, I also don't necessarily have the background to sit there and go, okay, well, how is this going to connect to this? And how is this all going to happen? I just need to like log into my computer and get my job done. So I know where everything is and, you know, we can make sure that Everett, like we can make sure that we have all these visibility things that we've promised our customers. Um, I feel like that has to take a huge weight off them because also, you know, they don't have to necessarily be trained a specific way in how to, how to do all this connectivity. It's just, nope, you stick it on the shipping label, stick it on the box and, and off it goes and hope that it arrives in one piece. Like we all worry about our freight. Absolutely. I think this is something that we see uh, I personally, I've seen for many years as the key challenge for how IoT projects can take flight, you know, to really kind of get to that full commercial scale. And um, there's there's also sometimes the choices because it's um, not just good enough for rolling out a solution, but it's about how do you keep it connected for you know, multiple years in field working at the same kind of quality uh, and, and resiliency level that you expect. So part of this work that we do very much in partnership with um, all of our, you know, connectivity partners, our chipset and module vendors, as well as um, system integrators, we have a number of ways in which companies can work with the technology. So one is by, um taking, you know, evaluation kits and just starting out something that is really brand new as an idea. So we want to help people help empower the best ideas that they have. Um, then there is also where we bring in different partners to help them make the choices of what is right for them. And and then the next level is actually then the products that have been through the tri trials and testing and have been matured and have been certified with partners. So someone who doesn't want to take on any of that development uh, effort can really just jump to buying that product from that has resulted from the partnership. So I think th th having those options and having a view to how you're going to, to sustain and really support customer experience in the market over a number of years, that's another kind of, um, you know, never ending struggle for companies and we hope that our our efforts will keep them as successful at every stage as, as is needed. So we are running out of time a little bit today, um, but there is a question that everyone comes on this show has to answer, and both of you are not an exception. So, look, I'm going to start with you. This might be the hardest question you get asked today. Is cereal considered soup? 
So I would say personally, I don't consider cereal as a soup. <laughs> That's my personal approach to this. But uh, uh, I'm sure that some other people can find it otherwise. Uh, cereals are for my breakfast. I don't eat soup at breakfast. So end of story. <laughs> All right, B, is cereal considered a soup? Oh, um, this is definitely quite a hard question. Um, but in my opinion, um, and I did research this, at least in my household, I went to my my son and asked him, you know, as a six year old, uh, he knows the world <laughs> in very absolute terms. He is the supreme knowledge on all things in the world. Just ask any six year old. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the, the reasons I have um, where we uh, identify milk is not broth and cereal is not cooked so a cereal is the grainy part of what is submerged in milk i'm going to say cereal's not soup but again that's an opinion and whatever you fall onto that i think you should enjoy it i am also team cereal's not a soup um just because it's just it's not you know i i see the case made for why it could be considered a soup. However, it's not, it's just not it for me, but I do respect those that have their opinion. Um, but you know, just, just don't be, don't be, don't be putting cereal and chicken noodle soup in the same category. Like that's not, that's not it, you know? <laughs> it would make, a, make an interesting, but confusing aisle shopping. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, where can we find you guys outside of the show? If someone has some questions about ISIM, ESIM, or, um, you know, if they have a hot cereal soup recipe for you. Fantastic. Well, please check us out uh, on our online home, which is Keegan.com. And uh, we are also running the uh, hashtag Future of Sim Conversations on LinkedIn and X. You can find us on LinkedIn as Keegan. Uh, Loic as well is a is a great uh, source of information on LinkedIn, um, and I'm also available for recipes and other questions. Um, but um, uh, on X, we are as Keegan under, uh, underscore Limited. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on Freightwaves TV or YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on Freightwaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.